Welcome to this edition of Back to Basics with Pastor Brian Broderson. The biggest distraction is that one that is going to prevent you from growing closer to Christ like he wants you to. Because that's one way the enemy slows down the the progress of the church is by getting God's people distracted with every other thing. Today on Back to Basics, Pastor Brian continues his study in the book of Acts. Join us as Pastor Brian begins his teaching on Acts, chapter 6, verses 1 through 7, in a message titled, Serving in Your Calling. Now, here's Pastor Brian. As we pick up, let me remind you that we are looking at Acts uh, under the theme of the Spirit, the Church, and the world. So there have been two, at least at this point, two strategies employed by the devil to stop the progress of the church. And those two strategies have been persecution and corruption. So today, as we look at the passage here, we, we actually come to a third. And, and even though you, know, you might not see it right on the surface, this is another attempt by the enemy. And this time, not, not through persecution or corruption, but this time through distraction. But this is really another attempt on the part of the enemy to, to derail this thing, to, to prevent the ad- advancement of the gospel. And as we see here, the temptation was to, to get the apostles preoccupied with things that they weren't really called to. And in being preoccupied with those things, they would inevitably neglect the things that they were called to. And, and if this could have you know, been something that became a pattern, it, it would have uh, slowed and maybe even eventually stopped the progress. And so what we need to know is that the devil, he uses the same tactics from generation to generation. So his strategy never really changes and probably because it's so effective. So he doesn't really change his strategy much. Uh, and, and the kind of thing that he did then, he will do today. If he can't stop you serving Jesus through persecution or corruption, corruption meaning getting us tangled up in sin, then he will try to get us distracted from our calling. And since that is the case, we need to know what our calling is, and we need to make sure that we are serving in that calling. You know, God has a path for us. God has a lane for us to to run in. And the thing that we want to do is we want to know what our lane is and we want to make sure that we run in that lane because that's where we're going to be most effective. That's where we're going to be most fruitful. That's where we are going to make our greatest contribution toward the advancement of God's kingdom. And so there are four things that I I want us to look at in the text here. 
I want us to see, first of all, the problem, secondly, the solution, then I want to see the result of the solution, and then there are a couple of lessons that I want us to take away from this. But first of all, the problem. So here, here's a problem that arises, and we read here that there arose a complaint against the Hebrews by the Hellenists because their widows were neglected in the daily distribution. So the problem is there's conflict now that's developed in the congregation, and it's over a perceived discrimination. Now, this cultural tension exists within the Jewish world and has existed for a long time. But now this tension comes into the church. And so this thing has become, as we see in the text, the thing has become a distraction to the, to the apostles. And it's expressed here when they said, it is not desirable that we should leave the word of God and serve tables. So this is something that had fallen upon them. Now, the serving of tables, the idea here is, well, it talks about the daily distribution. So, so with these widows, they would come and they would receive assistance, kind of social assistance from the church. So it might have been they came to receive money. Uh, it might have been they, they came to receive goods, you know, food, things like that to help them, to take care of them. And, and the apostles sort of got stuck with the, the task of serving these tables. So that was the problem. But the apostles recognized, wait a second, th this is not, it is not desirable that we should leave the word of God and serve tables. And now it wasn't because this wasn't an important thing. And that's something that I want us to understand. This was an important thing. It was a valid ministry. It was a legitimate ministry. It needed to be done. But the apostles recognized it wasn't their ministry. And, and this is why I'm calling the message today, serving in your calling. Because the truth of the matter is, God has a calling for our lives And, and that's like I was saying earlier, that's the lane. And, and I want to know, you know, what is my lane? Because if I'm, if I'm serving God in the calling that he's put on my life, then I'm going to be effective. I'm going to be fruitful. But if I'm just, you know, sort of haphazardly or, or randomly running out and just trying to do this, that, and the other thing, uh, I, in the end, I'm going to be unfruitful. I could even be counterproductive. I could, you know, waste a lot of time and energy. So... The apostles, they understood this to be a distraction. So what is the solution? The solution is this, verse three. They said, therefore, seek out from among you seven men of good reputation, full of the Holy Spirit and wisdom, whom we may appoint over this business, but we will give ourselves continually to prayer and the ministry of the word. So the solution was, find the people God has gifted and called and let them serve in that calling of taking care of the practical needs of the ministry. And so they end up 
taking the advice of the apostles and they choose these seven men that are named here. And the two that stand out to us are the first two, Stephen and Philip. Why do they stand out? Because the next two chapters are going to talk about the extended ministry of Stephen and Philip. So what we have here now is a, the solution to the problem. So the solution is let's find the right people for the right job. Let's help people get in their lane so they can run effectively and they can do the thing that God called them to do so that others can do the thing that God called them to do. And so the result from this is, number one, the ministry to the widows was now covered. So everybody was happy. The chapter starts off on a kind of a sour note. There's this tension. There's this conflict. There's this grumbling that's going on. But now everybody's happy. The, the, the ministry to the widows is covered. Secondly, the apostles can now focus on their calling of prayer and the, and the ministry of the word. So they can get back to the task that God has appointed to them. And then as we go on to uh, the final verses there, verse seven, notice it says, then the word of God spread and the number of the disciples greatly multiplied in Jerusalem and a great many of the priests were obedient to the faith. So going back to what I said initially, even though on the surface we might not see it, this is, a, this is an attempt by the enemy to stop the progress of the church. And based on verse seven, it seems like things were temporarily halted. But now, because they've come up with the, the right solution, so the apostles, they got it right. They said, no, 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 this, we, we can't get distracted by this. Again, as I said earlier, not because it wasn't important, but because it wasn't their calling. So let's find the people that God has called to do this. So they, they got it right. They, they understood it. And this is a pertinent word to all who are pastoring churches today, especially as the senior or the lead or the, or the teaching pastor of the church, whatever, there's different ways people like to define that today. But here's what we have to remember. Here's what I have to remember. That it is not our job to keep the church informed on the latest social and uh, political activity in the culture, nor is it our primary calling to engage in social work or activism. Now, I'm saying this for a very specific reason. There is a huge amount of pressure being put on pastors today to do this kind of stuff. And there's always something in every season of, of the church's life. And, you know, from generation to generation, there's always something that's happening out there in the culture that is tempting pastors to be distracted. There's always something. And, and right now, there's a lot of temptation and a lot of pressure 
to just kind of jump into the thick of all of the stuff that's happening in the culture. And pastors being, being tempted and I think falling to the temptation, getting sucked into uh, social activism and things like that. Now, now again, that, there's a place for that. But that's where you have to understand that you need to serve in your lane. You need to stay in your lane. For the pastor, we see what the pastor's lane is. Our call is to give ourselves entirely to prayer and the ministry of the word. Now, there are a million causes out in the world today that are legitimate. They're good. And I know pastors who are so spread between trying to engage in all of these different causes that they've left off their main calling. And that's the problem. That's wrong. And, and that's where we have to guard ourselves. That's where, where I have to guard myself. My primary calling, those who are in that position, as I'm saying, our primary calling is laid out right here very clearly prayer and the ministry of the word, which includes preaching the gospel, teaching the Bible, and counseling people personally from the scriptures. Pastors, this is our lane, and, and we need to stay in our lane. Because what we're doing, as, as Paul reminded the Ephesians, those that serve in that capacity they do so to equip the saints for the work of the ministry. So our options are, you know, I can forsake my primary role and go out, spread myself real thin, try to do all of this stuff, or I can focus on my primary role, equip all of you to do the thing that God has called you to do, and guess what's going to happen? A lot more stuff's going to get done. So that's one of the, the huge lessons that I think we take away from this here. This passage has always, I think throughout my whole ministry life, has been one of those things that just, it, it recalibrates you. It just sets you back. And, and, you know, as you read it over and over again, as I've read it over the years, it's like, oh yeah, that, that's what we're supposed to be doing. It's just that, that reminder. And it's reminded me of that once again. Now, secondly, so I mentioned social work because in a sense, that's what these men that were appointed there, that's what they were doing. They were, as we've pointed out, they were taking care of the practical needs of God's people. It's referred to here as serving tables. They were distributing the material goods. They were giving assistance practically where that was needed. And, and that is a, it is an absolutely valid ministry. There's obviously much social work that goes on outside the church, but there's things that happen inside the church as well that would be in a similar kind of a category. And Christians are engaged in both. So as we get equipped as we mature, as we grow in our relationship with the Lord, 
as we are filled with the spirit and wisdom, God is going to take that and he is going to direct you to these different ministry opportunities that he brings along. Number one, to assist and help and bless the body of Christ. But then number two, to reach out to the community. And in doing so, it's through the very efforts themselves that oftentimes the gospel is advancing because even though we might not be out there having an opportunity every time we're out there to actually give an evangelistic message, people know that we're doing this as believers, as Christians. They know that underneath it all, it's the love of Christ that is constraining us, and that starts to pave the way. And so my point is, there's the context of the church, there's the context of the world. The question is, what has God called you to? And that's the thing that we want to make sure that either we know or we're in the process of discovering. What is God's call? Because I am firmly convinced that all believers have some gift from God and some area of service to do for him. Everyone who is a believer has that. But there's also the need for character development or spiritual maturity. And I want to go back to what the apostles said in their instruction. Remember, they said, find men who are qualified. This is the qualification, good reputation, full of the spirit and wisdom. So in other words, they didn't say, hey, just give this job to somebody else because we can't do it. Doesn't matter who, just you know, find somebody that'll come out here and pass out the bread. That wasn't what they said. No, find people who are spiritual. Find people who are mature. Find people who are gifted by the Lord for this and put them in it. And you see, that's the thing. I mean, I'm all for, you know, calling people to use their gifts. I'm, I'm all for reminding all of us that we all have been gifted by the Lord. But I also want to take into consideration that there's a certain qualification for that. And so where we start is with what we might call character development. And that character development is really just growing into maturity in our faith in Jesus. And so as we grow in him, as we're seeking him, as we're living in obedience to him as we're being transformed through the influence of his word in our lives. And, and as our, our character is becoming that where there's a good reputation and there's a sense that the spirit is upon this person, then those, those are the people that then we look to see, okay, what does God have for you by way of service? So often the, the problems that arise in churches, quite frankly, especially in the more internal aspects of the church, are due to the fact that there's not spiritual maturity in people's lives, and they are put in position simply because we need somebody there, and this person's available, so let's just stick them in there. I've made that mistake. And so a big lesson here is that we don't want to do that, we want to remember 
that God wants to develop our character. He wants us to become spiritual men and women filled with the spirit and wisdom. So let's seek to grow and mature in our faith to get to know the Lord. And the better you get to know the Lord, he's going to define my lane for me. And then as I get in that lane and as I serve there, that's where I'm going to be effective. That's where I'm going to be a blessing. And as we all serve the Lord in our lane, the gospel will go forth. The gospel will go forth. Men and women will come to the Lord. The church will advance as God intends and the devil's efforts will be thwarted. So this is a way to just thwart the effort of the enemy. Let's not get distracted, but let's focus on the thing that God has called us to do. And, and let me just say this as we close. Again, I'm going to just emphasize more generally at distractions, right? Because not just distractions from our specific calling, but you know, we are surrounded by distractions, and the biggest distraction is that one that is going to prevent you from growing closer to Christ like he wants you to. And whatever that is or whatever those things are, let's just make a commitment to, to set that stuff aside. Because that's one way the enemy slows down the, the progress of the church is by getting God's people distracted with every other thing. It's a, it's a strategy that he's employed from the very beginning. Remember, Jesus told the parable of the, of the soil, the seeds fell upon the soil. You remember that third seed, perhaps, where there was the, the seed that, that sprang up but it never really brought forth fruit. Why? Because it was choked out. It fell among the thorns and it got choked out. And Jesus said in, in response to the question, what does that mean? Jesus said, this is the person who hears the word of God, but the cares of this life, the deceitfulness of riches and the desire for other things, they choke out the seed and it never really brings forth the fruit that God intended. God help us to not have that happen. But those are the distractions. Those are the, those things, the cares of this life. Cares of this life aren't bad things. They're just the cares of this life. I'm just overly concerned about the things of this life to the neglect of my spiritual life. The deceitfulness of riches, thinking I need more money. And I don't have time to give myself to spiritual things because I've got to make more money. That's a trap that'll choke out. And then just that more general category of the desire for other things, just other things rather than the things of the spirit. So let's focus on the things of the spirit. And as we do that, we will avoid the distractions of the enemy and we will be fruitful and we will see the kingdom advance in our lives and in, in and through our fellowship 
and out beyond into our community. For the month of April, Back to Basics Radio is offering a book titled 10 Questions Every Teen Should Ask and Answer About Christianity by Rebecca McLaughlin. Teens today are faced with challenging questions about the Christian faith. How can they believe that the Bible is true? Who cares if you're a boy or a girl? Isn't love just love no matter what? In her book, 10 Questions Every Teen Should Ask and Answer About Christianity, Rebecca McLaughlin addresses these and other questions that teens ask themselves or are confronted with. If you're a parent, grandparent, guardian, or friend, this book will make an excellent gift for a tween or teen to help them tackle the challenging questions of this generation. So we encourage you to call us right now at 1-800-733-6443 or visit us online at backtobasicsradio.com. To order 10 Questions Every Teen Should Ask and Answer About Christianity by Rebecca McLaughlin. And when you give a gift to Back to Basics, we'll send you this book as our way to say thank you. We do appreciate your generous support of this ministry. We'd also like to remind you that all of our other resources are waiting for you at backtobasicsradio.com or by calling our request line at 1-800-733-6443. That's 1-800-733-6443. Our desire is to encourage you in your daily walk with God. We'll continue next time with more valuable insights from Pastor Brian as we study together in the book of Acts. Back to Basics is the preaching and teaching ministry of Calvary Chapel, Costa Mesa, California.